0: Welcome back to another edition of the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. Uh, tonight we have a special guest. It is Lucas Harkins. He is from Busting Brackens. He is at Hardwired Sports on Twitter. Lucas, how are you doing today?
1: Good. How about yourself?
0: Uh, doing well. Got a crazy college basketball day uh, with basically the best game of the day being NC State in Pittsburgh, and that was kind of a blowout. So, yeah, just a very eventful day in college basketball. Uh, we'll get right into that discussion. So, for starters, uh, if you're just catching up, the news is broken. The NCAA tournament will be played with no fans. Uh, if you have tickets to an NCAA tournament game, uh, you're out of luck. Uh, you're not going There will be no fans in the NCAA tournament this year, this due to the coronavirus, which is very rapidly spreading uh, across the country, and this is kind of a safety precaution, not only to the student-athletes, but I think to many of the people that would have regularly gone to, uh, let's say, an NCAA tournament game. I know yourself, you were going to go to the Big Ten tournament on Friday, Uh, they might not still certain conferences have yet to kind of cancel uh you know certain events like the big 10 like as pretty much every single conference tournament is still a full go uh for having fans in attendance but right now ncaa tournament will not have any fans in attendance your quick reactions from this uh
1: certainly a little bit of shock i mean at least it was somewhat expected based on kind of how things were playing out throughout the day. It was a rapidly moving day of, uh, of news, but at least from looking where it was a few days ago, it looked like kind of a, a low possibility of this happening, but that's where we are now, and I'm not sure there was really a way to handle it where, every, where anyone was going to be happy, basically, um, so, I, so it's hard to really judge that. It's certainly going to make for an interesting viewing event, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, the viewing event you're gonna have Fran McCaffrey uh, cussing out the refs, and you're gonna have to CBS is going to have that game heavily uh, monitored. That that one suggestion I do have. This is my lone suggestion. They put fake crowd noise in the background. Just you get like a shot made or a shot missed here. Oh, you get like the let's say would play butler's playing north dakota state which is not going to happen but you i the, wish that'd be great That they like,
1: got really hot this weekend
0: <laughs> hey the, the the bracket has definitely opened up for them to make a run this year with Ziggorowski being out but you get that matchup and you get like hinkle fieldhouse crowd yelling and then when north dakota state makes a shot north dakota state crowd yelling If they have any crowd, Uh, not sure they have as big of a crowd as Butler would have. But I think that would be a good way to uh, prevent Fran McCaffrey and company from yelling and cussing out the refs with it being on national TV. Just have like a giant speaker behind Jim Nance and uh, Bill Raftery just with artificial crowd noise for the fans.
1: I would love to see the mascots there. Maybe a little uh, "Let's Get Loud" like on the jumbotron. The,
0: there, there is so much you could do with this. I can you put the mascots there because the the mascot head would probably essential be friends
1: and family. The the
0: mascot There's head would essential. probably be dangerous, most yeah. likely for coronavirus. The person wearing yeah. that. Yeah, that, I, there's, yeah I there's a lot of things that are just yet to be determined. It is going to be uh, interesting to kind of see how this situation wraps up here, uh, but we'll definitely have to wait and see. Did this kind of get handled well? I think, you know, given the circumstances, I think this kind of coronavirus outbreak, the NCAA did a very good job. You know, they don't, often do a very good job, but I will commend them on this. They kind of, you know, they monitored. They kept, you know, saying, look at the CDC. Uh, We'll make a determinant on the NCAA tournament here shortly. And they have done that. Uh, It's definitely, you know, a decision that's going to anger a lot of different fans across the sport. But I think it is probably the right decision. And you still get March Madness. You still get uh, Bill Raftery calling onions just instead of in front of, you know, in the Final Four, in front of 75,000 fans, it'll be in, in uh, the Josh Pastner Arena with uh, a NCAA court and artificial fan noise in the background.
1: Yeah, I think when it comes on to handling this kind of situation well or not well, I, you, you hit on it, no one's going to be happy, really, about the result. So I think the real point of that is, is, is the, was the announcement well-timed? Um, and I think the answer to that is yes. They didn't rush into the decision. They waited. It's only three days, four days until Selection Sunday. Um, and they, they didn't rush into the decision, and they didn't wait too long to make the decision either. Um, so I think they, they released it at the right time uh, to let people adjust.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think the timing of this was handled well. Uh, there's obviously going to be upset people. You know, of course. If if the event was played, you're going to get upset people. If the event's yep. not played, there's going to be upset people. Any way you look at it, there's going to be you know people are going to be upset. Uh, but there is there still will be an NCAA tournament, which is at least on for now. Uh, if it's not on. I guess we have to reward Gonzaga or Kansas the national championship trophy. Just give everyone a national championship and call it a day, I guess, would probably be the appropriate response. Moving on here, going to get into the NCAA tournament one seed discussion and kind of talk some bracketology here, because that's originally what uh, I scheduled you to come on the show, because you are uh, a top ten bracketologist. You're seventh in the bracket matrix. Oh, you're too kind. I'm eighth. Ah, just one off. Close enough. We'll we'll call you seventh though. Uh, seventh in the <laughs> bracket matrix. Uh, so Lucas is among the elite. He is better than Lenari. Uh, it's not hard to be better than Palm. So uh, no no shots thrown out there. And if Jerry Palm is listening, uh, he'll probably be blocking me on Twitter, uh, just like he does to other people. But let's move on here. Uh, The NCAA tournament, one seed discussion. Uh, Is it Dayton? Is it San Diego State? Is it Florida State? Uh, What are your kind of thoughts on the one seed discussion right now?
1: For me, it's Dayton right now. Um, and if Dayton loses in the A10 tournament, it could easily be San Diego State. If Dayton loses in the A-C- in the A10 tournament and Florida State wins the ACC tournament, then it could be Florida State. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, I kind of see it. I'm going to stick with San Diego State I might consider you know moving Dayton up to the one line just personally just because that would you know put them at a better record overall. Uh, and while the wins for San Diego State are certainly better, definitely better. Uh, Dayton passes the eye test, and San Diego State's wins were with uh, Nathan Menza. So the committee could do a situation where, uh, since Menza is questionable for the tournament, they might you know, just look at San Diego State and say, you're not a one seed because when you got those wins, you had a player that you currently don't have uh, so I, I think it comes down to San Diego State or Dayton, but Florida State can certainly enter the discussion if they win the ACC tournament. Uh, if they do indeed win the ACC tournament, I think it would depend kind of how they looked while doing that, but I could certainly, if they jump to, let's say, six in the net and beat Duke and beat Louisville in order to win the ACC tournament, I could definitely see a situation where the Seminoles get into the one to seed one seed discussion and you know maybe get the one seed uh, in the east region do you kind of see it being a similar situation there
1: yeah I think so and while Dayton fans might not like it and think that the one seed should be wrapped up even if they win the a10 tournament um, I mean if they win the a10 tournament I, I think if you're a Dayton fan you kind of want to see Richmond. Um, because that that's a win that I think will go down as, as a pretty good one in terms of the committee's eyes. Um, I I think Richmond's, you know, the net agrees it's the top fifty team in the country, and Dayton only has uh it has five quadrant one wins, but why not make it six?
0: Yeah, and doing that, they're currently thirty second in the net. Uh, they're the win at Richmond is currently Dayton's only quadrant 1a win which is uh borderline they don't want richmond to go down early in the or the uh atlantic 10 tournament because that takes away what could potentially be their only quadrant 1a win uh which right now it's kind of you know on the edge 38th in that uh if let's say they lose uh st joe's i'm not sure if they're actually playing them i would have to double check but Let's say they lose to St. Joe's, for example. Uh, you're all of a sudden looking at a situation where Richmond would be outside the top four and you, your best win is St. Mary's on a neutral court, which is a fine win. It's not a good best win to have on the resume, uh, which is something that I think the committee would look at. And if you you see a situation where Dayton ends up beating... Uh, I don't know who they would play. Maybe Rhode Island in the title game and they win, you know, a close one. They could maybe look at the eye test and say uh, if the eye test obviously favors Dayton, but let's say they only win, beat Rhode Island by, let's say, five, for example, uh, which I'm not sure they would entirely do. You could see a situation where the committee might bump them down a seed line and put San Diego State on the one seed. But it's kind of a fluid situation that will be monitored throughout uh, the week uh, as we kind of see the results come in. Yeah, I think that's true. Moving on, going to get into some conference tournament talk. Going to start out in the ACC. Going to talk about kind of some of these teams and – you know, were they going to be potentially seeded in the NCAA turn- or yeah, the NCA tournament, and we're going to make our picks for the leagues. We're going to start alphabetically, the ACC uh, right now. Florida State's the one seed, Virginia's the two, Louisville's the three, Duke's the four seed. Who do you kind of see coming out of the ACC tournament, and does NC State make the NCAA tournament from this league?
1: I have Florida State um, winning the ACC tournament, and part of that is because I have NC State making the field by knocking off Duke in the quarters on Thursday.
0: Yeah, I I did a similar pick. I also went with NC State over Florida State. This should be a really kind of interesting tournament to watch. Uh, But if NC State gets that Duke win, I think they're in. Would you say the same thing?
1: Yeah, I think they should be a lock if they beat Duke. I think they were kind of right on the cut line answering today, uh, which is Wednesday. Uh, Picked up a win against Pitt, which doesn't really do much, but it's another win that adds to your resume. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, And then knocking off Duke would give them another Quadrant 1 win, something that I think not many bubble teams are going to be able to pick up this weekend.
0: Yeah, and certainly Duke is not just your typical Quadrant 1 win, it's a it is as good as a win you can get and it would be uh, on a neutral site so i think if they definitely beat duke they're in they,
1: and the good news is they could beat them by 200 and duke would still be sixth in the net
0: <laughs> yeah the net the, the net is i do understand
1: uh, well, i do understand they're still sixth because i'm sure there's a major gap between 6 and 7 it's just the running gag
0: Yeah, I can kind of see how they've kind of stayed there because early in the year, they just were kind of running teams off the court. Uh, You look at Boston College, let's say, for example. I think they won that game by at least 50, if I'm remembering correctly. So you get a situation where they're running teams out of the gym. 39. 39. 39? Close enough. Uh, You get a situation (laughs) where... They're running teams out of the gym all of a sudden. uh, Their net certainly inflates, uh, which is why they're still probably sixth in the country, uh, despite really kind of struggling down the stretch here. Moving on here, going to discuss the American. This is one of the uh, tournaments you would look at and say this one, uh, could definitely have a couple bid stealers. Uh, bid stealers. This is
1: welcome to the bubble conference tournament right here.
0: Yes. The only team that is safe right now is Houston. I don't think they're all that good as a team, but they're pretty safely in the tournament. The one seed, Cincinnati, uh, they're in last four in, first four out conversation. Same with Wichita State. Memphis is on the outside looking in. Tulsa. Not even close. They need to win this event. UConn could win everything and spoil everything because they—they've been playing certainly pretty well recently. Who do you have winning this event? Because it—it's kind of hard to decide who wins.
1: I have Houston winning the event. Another favorite. Um, I think they should be the favorite to win the tournament, even as the two seed. Um, but I, I, I am going to say go out on a limb and say UConn will make bracketologists very intrigued in their resume by Sunday.
0: I am actually going to pick UConn, because why not? Same way, but
1: That would make it a lot easier if they just won. I'm going to yeah. say UConn makes the championship game, and then things get pretty interesting.
0: I, I'm going to go with UConn. They win four games in four days. They upset Cincinnati, send the Bearcats to the NIT. They beat Tulsa. Tulsa was already going to the NIT. UConn's
1: in the top after that bracket. UConn would get Wichita State, then Cincy, right? I
0: think UConn's the five. Am I looking at the wrong bracket?
1: So I think they they kick out Wichita State in the quarters and then Cincy in the semifinals.
0: Yep, I was looking at the 2018 bracket. UConn wins the event. That that's that's my bold take. <laughs> UConn wins the event, gets into the field. They beat whoever they're supposed to beat. Uh, in the uh, 2020 edition of the American Conference Tournament, not the 2018 edition of the American Conference Tournament.
1: I will still. I'm sticking with Houston.
0: Yeah, they're. This is just a weird league because you got kind of three teams that I think are all, you know, pretty good, but none of them are uh, certainly overwhelming favorites, and any of them could lose to, let's say, an SMU or something like that. So it's going to be a fun mo- tournament to monitor and the center of the bubble this year. Yeah. Moving on to the Big 12 tournament, Uh, the one seed Kansas, the two seed Baylor, they look like they're on a collision course for a rematch. You've got Texas against Texas Tech in the quarterfinals. That should be, uh, whether it will be played in front of fans or not is still to be determined, but that will be a big bubble game because if you get a situation, Texas wins, I think at that point with two wins over Texas Tech, you might just have to put Texas in the field. Meanwhile, if Texas Tech loses that, uh, they would be 10 and 14 against quad one, two, and three opponents. I don't, I can't see a situation where the committee, uh, even though their net is extremely good, would put that team into the NCAA tournament. So that's certainly a game to monitor. As for the 3-6 matchup, Oklahoma and West Virginia are pretty much locks who wins the tournament and who all makes the tournament from this league.
1: Well, I think picking anyone except Kansas is a mistake right now Um, with the way things are trending. They're the obvious pick and I'm going to stick with that Um, in terms of making the tournament, Kansas, Baylor, Oklahoma, West Virginia, you hit it, um, are in good shape. The Texas, Texas tech game is so hard to manage, at least for Texas, I think it's a play-in game. If Texas Tech wins, they're going to make the tournament because a loss to, to Kansas at a neutral site is the best loss anyone can take this week. Um, whereas Texas, with a win over Texas Tech, probably gets itself maybe on the right side of the cut line. And with a loss at Kansas, I mean loss against Kansas, um, would stick around the cut line. If there's a big stealer, then they're in trouble. Um, but I think that that, that's a, that could be a play-in game for both teams. Um, so I think the conference will get five bids, and, and that is barring Oklahoma State making a run to the championship game, which is probably the only team I see out of that bottom four that has a chance if it gets to the finals, even if it loses. I think OK State could make things interesting, but that's about it.
0: T- TCU is red hot. I think if you're looking at it, one of those bottom four teams to actually win the term, I think TCU is the team to bid steal, uh, and they would I agree with that. I
1: agree with that. Um, All I'm saying is, if one of those bottom four makes the championship game, the only one of those four that has a chance at an at-large, I could see Oklahoma State.
0: Okay, I got, I got you there.
1: That would, if they lose in the finals, they'd be a 15-loss team that just picked up a win against Kansas and maybe Texas Tech.
0: And don't forget about Iowa State. They, they were, uh, Of course. Five seed last year or six seed, something like that. Basically the same thing. So, yeah, Oklahoma State, I don't think they beat Kansas.
1: Has a sneaky relevant resume if it wins three straight this weekend.
0: (laughs) Yes. Does anyone think they will beat Kansas? Absolutely not. No. But if they do? No. No, no, no. Things get interesting, certainly. Yes. If they beat Kansas and then they beat Texas Tech, things are definitely interesting. Moving yep. on, Big East Tournament. This is the best tournament for all my money. Uh, it's just you get the Madison Square Garden effect. Uh, you get the New York crowd, which to be t- determined Maybe. if there will be fans. But if there are It'll fans, it's, it it's entertaining if there are fans. Uh, you get Gus Johnson on the call, so that's that automatically makes the tournament ten times better. Uh, who who makes the NCAA tournament from this league, and also who who wins the tournament?
1: Yeah, I think this one's tough because I always love the Vegas tournament, but this season, at least from a bracketology perspective, perspective makes it kind of lackluster because. To me, I think the NCAA tournament talk in terms of who makes it, who misses, for this conference is done after Wednesday night. Um, I, I think Creighton's a lock, there's a lock, Providence a lock, Villanova, Marquette, Seton Hall, all locks. Um, and Xavier is right on the cut line. But I think if Xavier beats DePaul on Wednesday night, they're in. Because a loss to Villanova doesn't hurt on Thursday. I think Xavier will get in if they just beat DePaul. Um, so the last three days of the tournament will be more about playing for pride and playing for seeding than playing for getting in the dance.
0: Yeah, I kind of see it being the uh, similar situation there, uh, where you're you're more looking at the Big East tournament just for fun to see who can kind of win the league tournament. More, more, you know, against the fact are you playing for the NCAA tournament? Because as you said, if Xavier beats the Paul. The Big East is getting seven unless Georgetown makes a run to the championship game. Uh,
1: uh, or or your hometown team, the St. John's Redstorm, who quietly have a decent road and they've won their last two games in the New York area, destroying Creighton and then were destroying Marquette before narrowly eking that one out. St. John's is playing well in, in, in New York right now. It's S- a team I'm kind of interested in.
0: I, I think Georgetown beats them tonight. They played tonight, so I think yes, Georgetown beats them tonight, but they, let's they say... They play in
1: 45 minutes.
0: <laughs> I think Georgetown wins tonight, but if St. John's wins, just less than two weeks ago, St. John's took Creighton out to the woodshed and completely destroyed With Zegarowski. With Zegarowski. Now you're playing in the garden, okay, More Creighton fans, I guess, but not many. Uh, Might not even be any fans by the time we're talking about this. So St. John's is playing basically near their home arena. Uh, You could see a situation where the Johnnies, I think at that point, no Zagorowski could potentially beat Creighton, uh, especially if they get hot like they did in that last meeting. you you could definitely see a situation where St. John's beats Creighton, in which case they will face either Butler or Province. You have to make a pick on Butler or Province. Who wins? Uh,
1: I think these two teams are both teams that have kind of figured it out a little bit. Province maybe more so than Butler has. But Butler, despite their last three wins all coming against teams that are in the bottom four of the conference, um, they've looked more like themselves. Um, Blew out St. John's blew out DePaul, Um, overcame, I think, some some stuff in the Xavier game and and showcased why they're a dangerous team. And and that's two words, Kamar and Baldwin. Um, But Providence is playing better than maybe anyone else in the country right now. And traditionally, Providence is good at the Big East tournament, and Butler is awful at the Big East tournament. So I, I, I will stick with that and go with Providence by playing the trends.
0: I'll say this. Whoever wins that game, I think, is playing for the Big East Championship on Saturday. Because I think Creighton without Zagorowski, uh, I just don't think they're as good. Uh, that moves, I guess, Alexander would maybe take up the ball uh, as kind of the lead guard. He's kind of more of a two, and that would limit his effectiveness on the defensive end. Uh, and when you're going against you know an elite guard like Baldwin or... Uh, Province has a multitude of elite guards, just like Malik White, uh, for example. uh, You're definitely looking at a situation where I think you're limiting the effectiveness of Tyshawn Alexander by making him basically do everything on the offensive end. I think that would be a situation where Creighton goes down in the second round of the... I think tournament. I think
1: the top half of the bracket is really interesting because with St. John's, Georgetown, Creighton, Butler, Providence, I wouldn't be surprised if the only team from that group that I couldn't see making the finals is Georgetown. Yeah. That's pretty I much. I think all how of I those teams I think
0: Creighton is the favorite, but Butler, Providence and St. John's, I wouldn't be all that shocked if we saw them playing on Saturday. I don't even know if I would make Creighton the favorite out of those four teams. I think, just looking at it without Zagorowski, I would go with either Province or Butler to be favored over Creighton. I would, whoever wins that Butler Creighton ge- or Butler Province game, I think beats Creighton on Friday. That's just kind of yeah. my take there.
1: As for the bottom half of the bracket, though. Uh, to me, Villanova is the best team down there, and I think Villanova is also the best team in the conference. Um, and I'm taking Villanova to just win the whole tournament straight up.
0: I think Villanova Seton Hall will be the basic championship matchup. I'm going Seton Hall there. I think you know they they kind of played bad last week. I think they have kind of a fresh new mentality coming into the week. I think they're kind of a little bit upset. They kind of choked away the Big East regular season tournament and they go out on a mission. And I think take,
1: Villanova is just... Go ahead.
0: I'll, I'll take Seton Hall to win the Big East tournament.
1: Yeah, I just think Villanova is maybe the quietest hot team in the country right now. And saying that about a team that's won two recent national championships blows my mind. But they've won 7 of 8 to close the regular season. Um, with their only loss coming to a Freaking hot Providence team. Um, during this stretch they won at Seton, they won at Seton Hall, they won at Xavier. I think they're really good right now, and they're they're a team that I don't want to see at all.
0: Well, you you might have to see them on Saturday because
1: I would be very happy about that. For those who are following the podcast and don't know, I, I graduated Butler last night.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's why he's uh Crow Butler here. <laughs> and anti-Malik White. Not
1: anti, I'm just pro-Aaron Thompson.
0: Pro-Aaron Thompson. Uh, yeah, this this one will be, I think, you, you're looking at a situation, there's going to be the least bubble questions when it comes to this league tournament, but in terms of actual on-court entertainment, for my money, this is going to be the best tournament to
1: watch. It's going to be a blast.
0: The other... You know, conference that is pretty close to maybe contending for best tournament. It's the Big Ten tournament. Uh, This one, you have ten teams right now, I think, with a pretty good shot at making the NCAA tournament. You could maybe say Purdue makes the championship game and you get an 11th team. Uh, Who do you have winning the Big Ten tournament? Is it Michigan State? Because they've been playing excellent recently.
1: Yes, it's Michigan State. Actually, it's the bottom half of the bracket. I wouldn't be that I wouldn't be that shocked if Maryland won that tournament either. Um, I, I think the upper part of the bracket is just such a gauntlet like for Wisconsin the number one seed but they're gonna get either Michigan or Rutgers in round two and I'd rather face uh, a Purdue or a Penn State than have to face one of those two teams. Um, and, and Iowas playing well too Illinois's a tough squad. I think the upper half of the bracket is just tougher for the one and the four.
0: To make a run than Michigan State and Maryland in, in, in the in the bottom half. Yeah, and I just think the quali- the quality of teams on the bottom half of the bracket are better. I think right now Maryland and Michigan State are probably one and two in terms of you know best teams in this league. I think in terms of who's playing the best right now, I think you can reasonably argue Ohio State is playing like the third best team in this league tournament. Purdue, <clears throat>
1: Wisconsin, <clears throat> Wisconsin,
0: Wisconsin, Wisconsin's playing well, but they've also kind of taken, They won seven
1: straight,
0: haven't they eight won straight, eight straight, eight, they straight. Won
1: eight straight,
0: yeah, but the the thing is, you look at that schedule, five of the games were at home, uh,
1: your podcast, I'm also from
0: Wisconsin, <laughs> Indiana, they're, they're very inconsistent, the Michigan win was good. That That's a good win. But Ohio State, back to the main point, I think they're playing really well right now. Could be a dangerous team. Uh, I don't know if they'll beat Michigan State. They might need, not even beat Purdue, but uh, I think and Ohio State... how entire
1: conference is dangerous.
0: Yes, except for Indiana. They are, they're doomed to lose in the first four. Or are they doomed to lose... Tonight to the uh, Nebraska Oscars football team. Football? I thought it was the uh, men's volleyball team that was playing for Nebraska.
1: No, they added two football. They added a quarterback and an offensive lineman yesterday.
0: That's go. Things are going <laughs> well for Fred Hoiberg year one at Nebraska. <laughs> and in s- in s- some ways, that they- they're playing well. They beat Purdue at home. Not really saying a lot because Purdue's incapable of winning away from Mackey Arena, but they did beat Purdue at home, so that that's that's something.
1: I just think this conference is almost impossible to pick anything. I think Michigan State is the is the best team right now, and I think that's really the only reason to pick them winning. But I, I look at the bracket, and I wouldn't be surprised if I you don't know nine different teams won the tournament.
0: Yeah, there is, I think, let's go through the scene. Wisconsin, can they win this tournament? Yes. Michigan State? Yes. Maryland? Yes. Illinois? Yes. Iowa? Yes. I'm going to go no on Iowa. I don't know if you can get playing hard Luca Garza to uh, not wear out by game three, but Iowa's good. The
1: advantage is they aren't going to get tired on defense.
0: They don't play any, so that that is the point. <laughs> Penn State, absolutely not. No. Pat Chambers is the coach. <laughs> Ohio State, absolutely.
1: Yes.
0: Rutgers, Rutgers, they eat. So
1: um, I'm going with no on Rutgers. They're just not good enough away from home.
0: I think they can make. I think they can win a game or two. I don't think they can.
1: At, agree, agree. I just don't think they're going to be able to win four straight at a neutral side. Yeah.
0: Michigan, on the other hand, who they're playing, yes. Yes. Purdue, no. No. If you uh, move the... And then the bottom four, no. If... One thing is with Purdue, though, they, they could decide they might want to play at a smaller venue. They move the uh, tournament midway through to Mackey Arena. Then... <laughs> Because of coronavirus, then you might be looking at a situation where Purdue uh, might be dangerous. Purdue becomes
1: the favorite. Purdue becomes the favorite if they play it at Mackey.
0: Yeah, so uh, TBD on Purdue. Uh, let's see where they'll actually play the games if they move anything. Indiana. Can they win this? No.
1: It's too many games for them.
0: Minnesota. Pretty
1: unbelievably long week to win the tournament for Indiana.
0: Yes, Minnesota. Same with
1: Minnesota, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Although they're a significant step down from the top
0: left. I, I'm I'm calling it. Nebraska is going to win this Big Ten tournament. Five five wins, five days. Uh, Fred Hoiberg pulls off the miracle. Nebraska wins it. But for real, I'm actually going to take Michigan State. Yeah. As for teams that make the NCAA tournament, I still have it at ten. I think. Indiana, if they beat Nebraska, even if they lose to Penn State, I still think they're on the right side of the bubble. So I'll go with 10 there. Yeah, yeah I agree. And Rutgers, minus the committee just saying you only won twice away from home, uh, that's not the number that gets you there. You have to win three three games away from home. Why minus the committee doing something unprecedented like that, uh, Rutgers will make it. Uh, and then yep. and it, safely.
1: And safely. Probably a yes. single-digit seed if they win against Michigan.
0: If they beat Michigan, they're, I think, a nine seed. And they could maybe... If they win the Big Ten tournament, which is not going to happen, but if they do, they could be maybe a six they, or seven seed.
1: They would rise so fast for a team that didn't win. like The big knock on their resume all season has been not winning away from home. If they win four straight... In Indiana, their stock is going to soar.
0: Yes, very much soar. Moving on, going to get into the Conference of Champions. Uh, No other way of putting around it. Uh, There's one champion. It is the Oregon Ducks. No, it is not Mick Cronin. He is the Coach of the Year champion. Uh, So, Conference of Champion, Coach of the Champions. Mick Cronin and UCLA, uh, they're on the bubble along with Stanford, who plays tonight. Do Are we looking at a five, six, or seven bid Pac-12? Uh, I think we're
1: going to get Oregon for sure, USC for sure. UCLA I don't think will make it. Arizona State, yes. Stanford, yes. I think, five, I think a six bid
0: Pac-12. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same lines. And unless Stanford losing to Cal, I think at that point, maybe put Stanford on the outside looking in. Yeah, Yeah, the
1: thing for me is I think both Stanford and UCLA would like to win two in the tournament to get in, in the Pac-12 tournament and get into the big dance. Stanford just has an easier road to win two games than UCLA does by simple fact that they get California in the first round. It's kind of funny that way, that they have a worse seed in conference, but that's actually going to help
0: them at this point in the year. Yeah. Whereas UCLA, I don't even know if it's the record that is the problem. It's being ranked 76th in the net. I think that's kind of the big thing. I'm going to kind of take out the bubble concerns with Stanford and with UCLA. I'll pick Stanford to go to uh, the Conference of Champions Final Four. And just save all the bracket sweat. Yeah, I agree. And then as for your champion, I I want to pick Washington. Quack. 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 Yeah, it's 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 the Oregon pa- Peyton Pritchards. It's not the Ducks. The Ducks aren't going to win. It's Peyton <laughs> Pritchard. He's, good. He's done it every single game in the Pac-12. When they need to win... Uh, The only games he's not been able to just simply carry Oregon to a win, he's fouled out. Like the the Arizona State game a few weeks ago, he's starting to come back, and then he fouls out, and Oregon loses. If Peyton Pritchard doesn't foul out, uh, he's going to basically carry Oregon to a championship.
1: Yeah, he's been unbelievable. And I don't see any reason that I wouldn't pick Oregon right now. Um, I like the rest of the conference more than I think a bunch of other people do. But part of the reason I like the conference more than others is because I like Oregon more than others, too.
0: Yeah, Oregon... I I think with the Ducks, the thing for me is I don't really like any players but Peyton Pritchard, but Peyton Pritchard's just an incredible player uh, that can basically just carry his team, uh, which is... He would be like... the. Kimba Walker, you know, comparison. If you're looking at a potential Kemba Walker leads his team to an NCAA title, Peyton Pritchard has to be on that list because he's just... Pritchard, Geo Baker, Kamar Baldwin, Peyton Pritchard. Those are my three. Those... See, the thing for me is can can, uh, Geo Baker... Put his team on his back for 40 minutes. That That's my question. Like if the game's close, that's Geo Bakers making a shot. Yeah. If the game's close, Kamar Baldwin's winning the game. But can can they do it for 40 minutes like Peyton Pritchard? I'm not s- as certain there. That's fair. Uh, and then you got Miles Powell who will uh, chuck up every single shot. And if it... If he shoots like he has this regular season, Seton Hall is going home early, unfortunately, for them.
1: Yeah, I love their defense, though. So I, I, I'm i in on Seton Hall still.
0: So. Yeah, I'm in on them as long as Pell starts to make, like, three, five, or 40% of his threes. Because I think if you continue to just throw up bricks on seven of your ten possessions, that's not really an effective offensive strategy there. So... I'd like Pal to find a way to get more efficient uh, as we head towards the NCAA tournament time. Yeah, I agree. Moving on here, going to get into the SEC here. Uh, this one's yuck. Uh, there's not a there's not a lot to like with the SEC. Kentucky won the league. Uh, Kentucky's good. That's Probably more of a statement, though, on the fact the rest of the league is pretty terrible. Auburn, uh, they're they're very fraudulent. LSU, they're they're all right, I guess. They're okay. Uh, a good eight nine seed, uh, that because that's what they'll be. Florida and Mississippi State. Florida's gonna make the NCAA tournament. They're a major disappointment. Mississippi State's, I guess, the lone bubble team out of this group. Do we get four or do we get five teams from the SEC?
1: I think we just end at four. Um, I'm not as high on Mississippi State's resume um, than some others. They could make that run. I'm not, but I think part of the issue is having the four seed in the SEC. They're just they aren't going to be able to pick up wins like, like, a, like a win over Alabama or Tennessee like on, on, on Thursday. They're not going to play till Friday. Um, and their second game is going to have to come against Kentucky. Um, and I think that, that having to overcome Florida and then Kentucky probably in back-to-back days to really move on to the right side of the cut line um, is going to be too difficult.
0: Yeah, I'm also going to go... Uh, same situation, I'm going to go for. I think Florida bounces back. I think they find a way to get a rematch against Kentucky. Uh, I think Kentucky wins the tournament just because with or without Ashton Hagans I think they're by far the best team in this tournament. Uh, but you could be looking at a situation, maybe Kentucky doesn't lose or loses to Tennessee again, which I don't think will happen. But at that point, you maybe look at an LSU or an Auburn, but, Kentucky's the safe pick here.
1: Yeah, I'm picking Kentucky as well. Uh, But the team I'm keeping an eye on is Arkansas, 100% keeping an eye on the Razorbacks. They're going to get to go Vanderbilt Day 1, South Carolina Day 2, LSU Day 3. If they win all three of those, which isn't that out of the realm of possibility, then they get Auburn in the semis. I mean, they actually have a decent road for a team that really struggled when injured, but is better when healthy, that's a team I'm not completely giving up on yet.
0: Yeah, Arkansas, may be that fifth team from the league. Well, the league record is terrible, and uh, some oh. would argue that
1: they went zero five without uh, without Isaiah without Isaiah Joe.
0: Yeah, who's Mason Jones is their best player. Isaiah Joe is a really good, the engine, second best player. Yeah. So if you you can use the Isaiah Joe excuse, uh, and then you beat Vanderbilt, you beat South Carolina, uh, and you beat LSU, I think at that point you maybe would be looking at Arkansas making the NCAA tournament. Not sure they can yep. win three de- three games in three days, but if they're know, able to do that, I think at that point you might have to throw L- or Arkansas into the NCAA tournament, despite yeah I, an awful conference. Yeah, before. I
1: think. I think Arkansas and Mississippi State are both legitimate threats to be the fifth bid. I'm sticking with four. Um, but I think both are threats.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, uh, especially with Arkansas here. Moving forward, uh, some bubble talk. i going to go through a couple teams. Uh, tell me if they're in or if they're not in. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, also chime in here. Richmond, are they in?
1: To me, in. I, I think they have a resume that's being kind of under undervalued by a lot of people. Um, I have Richmond in I, in my last four, last eight in. But I think I don't know. They, they just have a pretty rock solid resume. Um, they're six and six and quads one and two. They haven't had a lot of opportunities to play those games, but they've taken advantage relatively well. Um, they have a they have a nice win against Wisconsin. Only one bad loss, qualifying bad losses, quadrant three or four, and they rank well in pretty much every metric except Sagra and they're in the top 50, in the top 40 in several.
0: In Sager, they're 54th, so not really that far out of the field there. Yep. And then strength of record's good, which is another kind of thing. I'm also on the Richmond is in bandwagon. I do think they need to make the... As long penalty. as they
1: lose to Dayton, that's it to me. Yes. If, they, if they if they lose to Dayton before Selection Sunday, I think they're in.
0: Yes, <laughs> if they if they lose to Dayton on Selection Sunday, they're in. If they beat Dayton on Selection Sunday...
1: Easily. <laughs> <they're>, yes. <laughs> Obviously.
0: That, that would be the uh, Utah State factor where you win your conference tournament, you're in. Uh, even if you were maybe on the bubble with... Out the win uh moving on here kind of touched on this team earlier it is wichita state uh are they in are they not in i have them in uh curious to see what your thoughts are though
1: you know i think everyone should have wichita state in right now just because there aren't really many better options um, they don't have a ton of quality wins, but you look at other bubble teams, and no one else really does either. Um, I know the quadrants can be um, can, can be a little bit deceiving at times. Wichita State has two quadrant one wins, um, which is not many. But you look at it and you see, well, Mississippi State only has two, Cincinnati only has two, uh, Memphis only has two. I you know. I just named basically every team in the AC, but. Um, <laughs> Like, there just aren't that many mobile teams that have very many quality wins and Wichita state doesn't have any bad losses they're in the top 40 in every single metric except the net which they're 41st um, I I get why a lot of people including like myself have them in the last eight teams in the tournament but they're one of those teams that I just I, I can't really see getting left out
0: yeah I'm kind of on the same basis there uh, they do have. You know they beat. They played a decent non-conference schedule. They didn't play an impossible non-conference schedule, but they played I guess, a bunch of teams that would be bubble teams in the American. You get Oklahoma State. You win at Connecticut. You win at Oklahoma State. Those are their two quadrant one wins. But you beat Oklahoma at home. That's you know not nothing. You want you win against South Carolina on neutral. Uh, you lose to West Virginia in a kind of close game on a neutral court. Uh, this There's not a ton to like with this resume, but it's kind of enough when you're looking at the last four teams, and I think you pretty much got to throw Wichita State in there. And their strength of record uh, is in the top 3-5, which is pretty good. So I'm pro-Wichita State getting into the NCAA tournament. Yep. Next team here, Northern Iowa, a former uh, Wichita State in-conference opponent. My take is they're not a tournament team. uh, Just too many bad losses, uh, and losing on a neutral to Drake, I think should be the disqualifier. Your thoughts on them?
1: Yeah, I I would love to see them in the tournament. I I just can't picture it. It's hard. I've been a big fan all year. Um, Not necessarily of the resume, but I really like watching him play. Just the metrics aren't there. The resume's not really there. I I have a hard time seeing it. And and that really does. I I really liked watching him play this season. It was was tough.
0: Yeah, I'm hard to say that. I'm also on their not a tournament team. Just this team, I think if they make a run to the Valley Tournament Championship game, I'm not sure they get in, but I think making it to the Valley title game, you get an extra two wins. That puts you at 25 wins. Uh, You're probably playing a better opponent. I think if they make it to the Valley Conference Championship game and let's say they lose to uh, Loyola Chicago, which the bracket didn't break out correctly for that, but let's say they... Do lose to Loyola Chicago, I think there's maybe an argument for them being into the NCAA tournament field. But 23-6, uh, you don't get to that magic kind of 25-win mark uh, as a mid-major team. Now you've got three quadrant, three losses. I just think they're not worthy of being an NCAA tournament team. They need a lot of help.
1: They need a lot of bubble teams to lose, and preferably lose to teams that, like, Preferably to get losses like
0: Nebraska um, against for Indiana.
1: Against Indiana or Eastern Carolina over Memphis. Like those kind of games um, they'd need.
0: De- DePaul beating Xavier. They need that.
1: Exactly. Those kind of games they'll need. And they won't just need one or two of them, they'll probably need a few.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm pr- I am uh, well on the. They are not a worthy tournament team. One team that could be considered a tournament team is the NC State Wolfpack. Twain 12 record. They'll play Duke. If they beat Duke, I think they're in. If they don't beat Duke, are they in? Yeah, I think they're a
1: lock if they beat Duke. If they don't beat Duke, I think they're going to be like 50-50, honestly. I think their resume is decent enough. Um, I think they'll be what nine and eleven against quadrants one and two if they lose to Duke, um, assuming a win tomorrow. Um, with two bad losses, I think I think they'll be right on the edge. Uh, it would depend how other bubble teams do. I don't think a loss to Duke puts them out by any means.
0: Yeah, I think if they lose to Duke, they're sitting there right on the bubble. They're cheering for begging
1: for begging for non bubble. Begging for the the mid major favorites
0: to win. They they are uh, major Dayton fans. They're major uh, St. Joseph's fans. Uh, as Houston Houston fans. Houston major Houston fans. Uh, Every
1: they, bubble team that's not in the AAC is a Houston fan.
0: Yes. Houston Houston's either going to be the uh,
1: the Houston, savior of the bubble or.
0: Houston's going to be the most liked or most hated team uh, in the... Of the weekend. Yes, of the weekend. Uh, Dayton, if they lose to... Let's say they lose to St. Louis, would be the most hated team because they're supposed to take care of St. Louis. That would be...
1: Yeah. 3-bit, A 10 St. Louis, auto-bit. Richmond gets an at-large, Dayton gets like gets an at-large, two Tuesday. I'm in. I'm in for it.
0: I, I would be in for that. I... Richmond would need to make the Atlantic tile game. St. Louis yep. beats Dayton in the uh, semifinal. Right. Dayton gets a two seed. Uh, so no more Dayton fans coming in my mentions telling me they're a one seed because Lenardi says so. Uh, I think this... I
1: have as a one seed. I say so.
0: Okay. Well, th- that's that's a different <laughs> qualification, but. The, the point being made, uh, final point here, uh, yes, 3-bid, 8-10, St. Louis over Richmond, it's best for every <laughs> single party involved.
1: It'd be like that St. Bonaventure team, that St. Bonaventure year. Yeah,
0: where you got Rhode Island was like a seven seed, now obviously Dins. Yep.
1: Way better than that.
0: They're 2-seed they're if they lose to St. Louis, but...
1: They're a two-seed if they lose to anybody.
0: Yes. If they lose, they're a two-seed. If they win out, there may be a one-seed. If they win out, they may be a two-seed. We don't really know. Yeah, what but it reminds me of that
1: Rhodey has a seven, Bonaventure has an 11, Davidson has a 12 year in
0: 2018. Yeah. And that, was, that was fun. St. Bonaventure beat UCLA by like 20 in the first war. Yeah.
1: I think they won by like six or seven, but same
0: concept. <laughs> I I remember Isaiah Brockington went off in that game. If I'm remembering, it was Isaiah
1: Brockington. It was the it was it was the Stockard game for sure.
0: Oh, Stockard?
1: Corey Stockard, had, like I think he played every minute in that game and went off for like twenty five or something.
0: I'm I'm gonna look this up for twenty eighteen. Because I was
1: huge on Courtney Stockard heading into that tournament. I was really validated. <laughs> I remember that. Because he had that magical stretch in like, I don't know, late January maybe, early February, that he played great. I,
0: I remember Adams didn't play well. Okay, so they won by seven. 65-58. Uh, let's see. Courtney Stockard, 26 points. Matt Mobley, go. 14 points. Star of the team, uh, superstar, Jalen Adams, 8 points. Laidarian Griffin, 10 points. And Isaiah Rockington, Rockington 0 points. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that
1: one's pretty funny.
0: That's why he's on Penn State. Pat Chambers <laughs> saw that performance. <laughs> is like, I got to have this guy. Sorry, Mark Schmidt. I'm taking him. And Mark Schmidt's like, okay. You can have them So, uh, yes. You were right. Uh, it was not Isaiah Brockington. It was Courtney Stockard. who I really liked that St. Bonaventure team. That was fun. They were good. They. I remember uh, watching the Rhode Island St. Bonaventure game in Bonaventure. That was, I think, one of the best yep. games of the regular season. Yep. For sure. And then I don't exactly remember what happened. In that game, but I just remember it was a close game, and Bonaventure came away with the win in that one. But we could be looking at this same exact situation. You get St. Louis beating Richmond by one uh, on a tip in off a missed three point shot because that's the only way St. Louis can win on a buzzer beater. Uh, ah, by...
1: missed free throw,
0: 100%. Miss free Miss free throw offensive rebound dunk?
1: <laughs> that would summarize St. Louis's offense. It, they rank best in the country in free throw rate. They rank like worst in the country in free throw percentage and top fifty in offensive boards. It's perfect.
0: That that's how the season has to end for St. Louis. Winning the Atlantic Ten title game by beating Richmond off a, they're down by one. Miss free throw, dunk. That's the perfect way for the season to end. Mhm. Uh, any last thoughts before we uh, head out here?
1: No, nope, I think we're good. Covered a lot today. Yeah. What seven conferences? Bubble. Uh. Yeah. We really uh. We really spread out our coverage. Got a little Atlantic
0: bad. Ten. We, we didn't actually pick a champion, but we kind of did. Yeah. And that Rhode Island-St. Bonaventure <laughs> game I was referencing, looked it up here, St. Bonaventure won 77. Was it a Mobley
1: or Adams game? It was one of them.
0: Uh, hold up here. Let's see here. Oh, it was a it was a Matt Mobley game. He had twenty six. Okay. Uh, Jalen Adams had ten. Courtney Stockard thirteen points. Uh, and Ladarian Griffin, uh, off the bench, fourteen points. Penn State's own Isaiah Brockington six minutes zero points. Impressive performance from him.
1: Yeah, but I think that's pretty much it. I yeah. that's that's it's going to be a fun weekend, that's for sure, and an interesting tournament.
0: Very interesting tournament. Very interesting weekend. Uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a fun ride. Uh, we'll see. I guess you, if you're listening to this and you want to check Twitter, there's probably some you know adjustments to potential in or conference tournament games. Uh, no quick updates from me, but, uh, stay tuned, uh, because we're in for a wild ride as coronavirus is here. Yes. Lucas, thanks for joining the Making the Madness podcast. Uh, tell the people where they can find your work.
1: Well, thanks for having me. Um, once again, I'm Lucas Harkins. I write an article just about every day. Um, for bustingbrackets.com, you can find me on Twitter at Hardwired Sports. Kind of just like Jonathan, I'll be posting bracketology, bubble watch, any updates you need to the tournament. We got it.
0: Follow him on Twitter at Hardwired Sports. Uh, check his workout at Busting Brackets. Lucas, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me on.